Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Huda, and today I'm joined by one of our state clients, Sam. Um, Sam actually has a very unique thing because she's also one of our staff here. Um, so I just want to pass it over to you, Sam. Do you want a quick little introduction of yourself? Um, and then we'll, we'll dive, dive into some questions and go on from there. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Samantha. I have been with Justice for Youth as a CUBE tutor since last August, and then I was promoted to YES coordinator back in June. Oh, okay. And I've been a part of STAY since November okay. of 2022, 21. 21. I was about 22. That was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, no worries. So, Sam, the, the question I've been asking a lot of the STAY clients, and the first one is, um, what, what, what led you to become a state client? You know, what was the stuff in your past that led to this being, you know, um, a transitional age youth that was in seek of housing? Yeah. Um, just growing up in my household, I don't, it's a single parent household, just with mm-hmm. my mom who's always at work and I've never had the best relationship with her mm-hmm. ever. Um, and with COVID going on, just there was a lot of responsibility that started falling on me between also going to college and working mm-hmm. um, and just contributing to the household. Um, there was a lot of stress on her and on me emotionally with like either being at home all day or transitioning to not seeing each other at all because we're at work and doing stuff. Um, so eventually we just started arguing every day and it just hit the point where it's like, hey, you either leave or I leave with your sister. Mm. Wow, it's crazy. And you decided to leave. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing. I know it's not always easy to share. Um, and I guess a question, cause again, you're in a different situation, um, where you actually were working with us first and then you started to be a part of the state program. Was it easier to be the, in that transition? It was like, Hey, like I kind of know these people and kind of thing, or was there still a big difficulty in a, um, a curve because it's like, it's different of like, hey, I see you at work on a on a Tuesday versus I see you at night on a Tuesday. I see you in the morning on a Wednesday. I see you at night on the Wednesday. Um, I see you on the weekends. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a bit of a um, of a curve where I knew everyone at Keep mm-hmm. because I was really involved in Keep, but then I don't know, I didn't know anyone else aside from that mm. at all, and even less like the state program. I didn't know that that was a program mm. that was available towards our youth or even myself. Mm-hmm. Um, since I had started, and it was actually my my lead at the time, Tramel, who's my current supervisor, yeah. who was like who looked at my car, saw that everything was in my car and was like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? Mm. Um, and I was like, Oh no, I'm fine. You know, like yeah. just not used to, um, asking for help and being open to receiving it. So, um, that was a transition. And then I had never heard of John and Shanti. Um, and then now they're like my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Weekends after weekends, night times, you yeah. know, all of that. Yeah. I see them all the time. And, and you kind of hit on something that uh, it's been a common theme. Um, it seems like a lot of youth who get into the transition um, and become a transitional age youth struggle a lot with trust. Um, how do you start trusting people? Is it time? Is it, you know, how, how does one gain your trust? For me personally, I think one of the biggest things has to be um, being there constantly. Mm-hmm. If you're this constant person that I can go to, mm-hmm. um, 
that definitely helps and also authenticity mm-hmm. you know I, we all have this gut feeling in our stomach where it's like this person is being honest with me and they're being their actual selves yeah or they're not yeah and i feel like i'm always putting my authentic self out there so if i don't feel like i'm receiving that back there's not going to be a relationship there yeah one thing i've noticed a lot working with urban youth and I'm at promise youth in particular is they're really good at reading and knowing when someone's being honest and truthful. Um, I've seen it countless of times. So um, for those mentors out there, like we don't, we don't need another fake, right? Cause you've, how many you've seen and been around plenty of fakes your entire life. Right now you just need someone to be there and, and be authentic and be real. And, and this, this trust thing, it kind of plays a lot in the similar thing of being respectful so are you the person that, so you kind of mentioned that trust, it takes time and you need to be that consistency. What about respect? I think respect, I, I hear a lot where um, people are like, respect has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that. But for me, I feel like it's hard for someone to respect me if I don't respect them mm. um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really haven't experienced a lot of like my mentors disrespecting me it's mostly been in like my household yeah and all of that where it's like i'm not going to listen to my parents or my mom you know because she thinks that respect is um automatically earned Mm. or not automatically that it has to be earned so i have to respect her in order for her to respect me Mm -hmm. um and it just leads to a whole bunch of arguments but outside of that i've had like a really good experience with respect well yeah and i think even the the family dynamic one I'm not speaking as if I have my own kids because I don't have kids. I was a child of my parents, but I also know like being a baby and then being like a toddler and then, you know, you know, little kid and then, you know, teenager and young adult. There's a lot of different things that transpire and take place. So like as a baby, as a kid, like it was really, it might've been a lot easier for them to respect you and do stuff because, you know, if you were the one that fed them, right? And and so there, there's a lot, lot different now that you have your own car and you could drive. So for those parents who are listening, I think it's really helpful if you are looking and trying to understand the difference and the dynamics of where my child is at. Because I, you know, when you were younger, I assume everything with your mom was great or at least better than it was, right? Um, and so now it, it just kind of led and kept going because I, we don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why, but, you know, being able to the changing of the rules and the regulations as age changes. I think that's a very important thing. Um, and I guess when, when you are in a program, like stay, do you see that as well as like, you know what, like I come in, like these are the, you know, I need to need people to be a little more tougher on me, but as I building, because, you know, I don't really have systems in place to be, be successful. Do you feel that's the case? Or do you feel like, you know what, like, we should all, no matter what, at all times be having the same, you know, regulations and and guidelines for all. I think I come from an interesting situation where it's like, I've always been someone who's motivated Mm. and I've always been someone who has a schedule. So transitioning to stay, it was just extremely similar to uh, my regular life where I was doing chores at home. I was cooking at home. I was just already doing everything that I would be doing if I were living independently. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, I'm forced to do it. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely upsides and downsides to that. And I think the biggest thing is mandatory, mm. right? When someone shoves the word mandatory in your face, I feel like I want to fight back. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I don't need to do this. So it's mandatory. I think it's a no then. So yeah. I, I, I hear you on that. I, I can understand that. 
And I guess, um, would, what do youth like yourself need the most right now? As a transitional age youth, what do you feel like they need the most? For me, I, uh, coming from a place where I had mentors, but I didn't know that they were mentors. Mm -hmm. Like I had teachers who, who would always look out for me, who would always allow me to be in their classroom during lunch or whatnot, who would bring me food if I didn't have any, who would, um, like allow me to talk about my situation at home when I needed to during the class, give me extensions, things like that. Realizing that I had mentors growing up my whole life, but not actually seeing them as mentors has made me just open my eyes more to like all the mentors that I have Mm. now is being a part of stay. Um, and just being able to talk to them about how I feel and like the growing pains really, you know, Mm -hmm. I had, um, I had case management with, um, Edith who I love so much Mm -hmm. and, um, we were just talking about like being, oh, I was talking to Edith about just being a big sister mm-hmm. and like not realizing how I was always jealous because all of my, um, friends, they, they were younger siblings, mm-hmm. so they had it a little bit more figured out, you know, and they had all of this music taste that I wanted to have yeah. and they like knew about everything and I had to learn from them. But it's like, well, I was able to provide that for my younger sister, but just, you know, unpacking all of that, like anger and jealousy that. Yeah, seeing the different dynamics of being the eldest versus the youngest in the household or being in the middle or or whatever. Retroactively and Mm -hmm. just being able to heal from that. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like you've been able to do a lot of like self-actualization and self-reflection, which I know for a lot of people it's been hard because they've been, they're going through a lot. So so we we know that all clients and all youth are going to be at that stage where they can self-actualize and self-reflect of those deeper things. And, and so I think that's important though. And, and for those mentors and people are listening is like each youth, each client, each transitional age youth that you're working with, they could be at different stages in life. And for those who are where Sam is like self-actualization and allowing them to process is a big thing. And I think, you know, just seeing you cause you've been here for about two years and I've known you for about two years at justice for youth and just seeing the growth and the changing and like, it's been awesome to see. And it's like, wow, like, we know things work when things are available. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing is making sure things are available or even if they're available that people know about them. Because, I mean, how easy is it to work um, the federal and the state and the government programs? Yeah, Sam, I'm asking you. How easy is it to work them? Yeah, like Not go, at all. Go through the process. Nope. Not it's it's like the worst thing ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> you rather be working for another hour than actually trying to go through that stupid uh, going to the DMV, the social security, you know, yeah. the the Cal Works, the you know, the EBT stuff, the SNAP. And right? having to do it on your own. Yeah. Like gosh. Yeah. And I know that's a challenge. So I mean, I think having that mentor, right? Someone to be with you during that process is a big thing. Um Right, because they have you, you, there's someone that you could talk to about is like, hey, did you have to deal with this too? Like, yes, Sam, I had to deal with it. I I can't stand it either. Me neither. So yeah, and also that validation and that like mm. those little affirmations, you know. Yeah. Um, they just really come in handy. Like, I like I said, I was living almost basically independently, but not independently, right? Mm. Um, and now that I'm living as an independent, people are like, oh wow, like you know, you do this and you do this and you have things more figured out, but at home it wasn't getting recognized and now mm. all of my effort and like my and my motivations and just the things that i'm taking care of are actually being seen and acknowledged mm. and that's awesome 
Wow. I think that's really big. So like for parents out there, wait, what you just said, I think is a big deal for parents is acknowledge what your children are doing or your youth are doing because a lot of times they might feel that they go unacknowledged. That's how I, I mean, I always talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but as the, where I was in my birth order, I felt that happen a lot to me of being unacknowledged. So luckily I still have a great relationship with my parents, but because of that, I disappeared for years for college. I, you know, I wanted to get away because it felt like, well, does it even matter? Right. Because the eldest gets acknowledgement, the youngest gets acknowledgement. And I'm just the middle one twiddling my thumbs in the middle. Like, so I definitely understand that. Um, and one question I kind of want to, you know, wrap us up on and hear from you is for youth like yourself, um, who've, who have been, who are, who are in the process of transitioning and any that support, what would be one piece of advice that you would give them? No, it's a tough question. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, you know, like you could think about, you know, when you're doing it, like what was that one thing that, you, you had that kept you going or one thing that you, you, you needed as a reminder? I would say talk to people mm. and be around people who care about you. Mm. I actually, I actually journaled about this the other day and I completely forgot about it until now. Um, it was like, what advice would you give to your previous self? And um, I had three sets of advice, but I'll just say talk to people that um, who know who, you know, care about you. Mm. You know, um, I, I hate cringy things, but um, you suffer in isolation and you heal in community. Yeah. Um, and I've never felt that more since in, in like the past two years um, and being in COVID and being isolated. Right. Oh, and not realizing how much that affected me mm-hmm. and how lonely I felt and how disconnected I felt from everything. Yeah. And then finally society opening up little by little mm-hmm. and finding the community in like gente and being able to join those meetings weekly and mm-hmm. being able to work together towards something. And then even here at justice for youth as well. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's, a, that's a great saying. That's one of our sayings here. So I, I, I definitely see uh, Sam rolling her eyes. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm that guy or that person saying <laughs> this thing again. So no, thank you so much for joining Sam. Um, I, you know, if you wouldn't want to come back, we would love to have you come back and record more podcasts, dive deeper and other conversations other topics that you know are all up in your brain that you're thinking about and you're trying to process so thank you so much for those who are listening tuning in um for hearing our stories um if you have any questions definitely reach out on our social media platforms um our info at j4y.org we'd love to hear from you and again sam thank you so much we'd love to keep you coming back here as well so thank you everyone for tuning in we'll see you guys next time bye